0: I have a feeling you're going to keep playing that, so I might as well address it. Um, (laughs) My mom was watching my little one yesterday, and I guess they had the radio on at the house, or maybe Alexa was playing. You can listen to 106.7 The Fan on Alexa. Just say, yo, Alexa, put on 106.7 The Fan. Yeah. Um, Or whatever Google device, whatever you have, you can listen to it on any of them. And my mom sent me a video of my little four-year-old girl telling me to stop singing and the
1: smartest girl in the
0: world. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Unfortunately for Ainsley and Brian and the millions listening, I will not. Um, I you wanted to talk don't to listen
1: you, to nobody, man.
0: B, you are. I, I always appreciate your perspective on things because it's usually different from from most. Um, you you usually see things different ways. So I wanted to talk to you about this. Um I saw some news today. Josh Harris is the uh perceived front runner to buy the commanders. Um, and I saw this news this morning, and it's not just Josh Harris, uh, it's Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. So it's mm-hmm. Josh Harris and David Blitzer, um, and, and their their group that owns the Sixers, owns the New Jersey Devils. I found this interesting, B. Mm-hmm. Um, This is from Sports Business Journal this morning. 76ers and Devils co-owners Josh Harris and David Blitzer completed an investment in Ripken Baseball and Cooperstown All-Star Village. Harris and Blitzer confirmed a partnership with Cal Ripken and Bill Ripken to support and accelerate Ripken Baseball's vision of bringing big league experiences to young athletes by investing in systems, tech, and facilities.
1: The more I hear about this dude, the more I like him.
0: Sure, let me finish. A key strategy and initiative for the platform will be to grow inclusion efforts across the properties by creating more baseball opportunities for young children. Ripken Baseball now encompasses five baseball facilities across the US including four complexes that operate as the Ripken Experience. Yep. Service level, I just love this as a as a business deal, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And in my I only know about the Ripken thing up off 95 north of Baltimore in wherever yeah. that is, Bel Bel-Air, or de Grace, whatever you call that area. Harve de Grace. Um so you just said whatever the more I hear about this dude, the more I like him.
1: Yep. I mean I have hung around uh Mark Iron a lot and I'm sure I met this I met him before. But just knowing how Mark is and then knowing a little and reading that article the other day reading about his history and Joshua's right along that way the whole time. And it seemed like everything the dude touched works. He's, what, 50 years old, I think he is? And you just look at the success he's had thus far. He doesn't screw up a lot, you know? And was a person who went out and was able to utilize what he had and didn't have, like, a parent forcing him to do something,
0: let him go his own way. So And you, it worked for him. You sent that article the other day mm-hmm. um, that David Elfin wrote. And David Elfin was a longtime uh commander's beat reporter, Redskins beat reporter, whatever me. you want to call it. I mean, yeah, he covered you. He was Elfin was the top reporter for the Washington Times for a long time, I wanna say. Um, I believe Elfin was pretty high up at PFWA, Pro Football Writers of America. Um I don't know where that story came from or where it was published or anything, but I, I, I don't know where it was watching times when he he's writing he, for them or said, whatever. No, I don't, he sent it out. So Elfin wrote a story. Mark Ein, who maybe like big time sports fans in the city know who that is, mm-hmm. um, he owned the Washington Castles, the baseball, the, sorry, the tennis team. Before that, Venture Cat. Well, and he created Castle Systems. Like, yeah. Mark Ein has made a fortune and built his business businesses up mm-hmm. um, we should see if we get Mark on the show yep. why don't you text him see if you make that happen Mark Ein and Josh Harris grew up together um, they lived in kind of like the Chevy Chase Silver Spring border like East West Highway uh, Rock Creek Park that area um, this article explained that they used to go to Candy Cane Park put me
1: on, on, on Front Street like I don't have the number I got the number
0: that's <laughs> why I, so I said why don't you text him I will I assumed you had the number. <laughs> You're Brian G.D. Mitchell. Um, if anybody's ever been to Candy Cane Park, I grew up going there, playing hoops all the time. Um, and it's a, what's cool about over there is it's like a pretty diverse area. Like the Chevy Chase side has some really nice homes, and then there's some apartments and stuff. It, it, it's all changed kind of now, but it, this wasn't like a rich kid area at all. It was just a regular kid area. Ein and Harris grow up there. I didn't realize this, but that article, I guess, did Ein go to BCC? Because that's BCC area. I think one of the two of them is a BCC alum. I think Harris ended up going to the field school, school, which is a fancy, small, private school. Um, But I, I found that really interesting. And then, So Harris is teaming up with Cal Ripken, so he's already moving south from Philadelphia because Cal's home base is in Baltimore. Um, and we know he's got the facility north of Baltimore. And then there was this article yesterday, or earlier this week, rather, in the Philadelphia Voice, which is the big independent newspaper for Philly, um, kind of examining what I have reported about Josh Harris as perhaps being the leader. Um, and we mentioned this briefly, B, but I, I want to circle back to it. Um I'm going to read this from the Philadelphia Voice. HBSE, which is Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. Mm -hmm. HBSE has been prominently involved in a few different high-level conversations on team ownership. But there is a pretty significant gap between that due diligence meetings that took place during the Broncos sale process and what has happened so far with the commanders. So, I'll remind everybody. They were number. They came in second place for the Broncos. They were, according to Pro Football mm-hmm. Talk, Mike Florio. They were willing to put five billion dollars on the table for Denver, which was more than they paid. It's only for, but they didn't want to yeah. get into a fight, a yeah. uh, 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 bidding war with the Walmart folks, which I understand. So they've already. The NFL knows about them, and by all accounts, the NFL is cool with them. So I read, I read now again from the Philadelphia Voice. A source familiar with that process told Philly Voice that HBSE representatives had extensive sit-down time and meetings with members of the Broncos prior to the Walton family ultimately tabling their bid. They toured Denver's facilities, met with a number of important members of the organization, including then Broncos president Joe Ellis and members of the coaching staff. HBSC has collected a wealth of data on the commander's situation, but the line of dialogue has been nowhere close to the same, with some characterizing the contact as non-existent. What do you hear there, B? The contact with... The, the lack of contact, I suppose. And and I can continue... With the league you're talking about? No, with the team. Like, when... when HPSC was bidding on the Broncos. They went out to Denver. They toured the stadium. They talked to the team president. They talked to members of the coaching staff. Now, this situation, apparently they've collected a wealth of data, but the line of dialogue has been nowhere close to the same.
1: Let's, all right. The whole Broncos thing, everyone knew it was being sold. It wasn't this thing where there are people saying it will be and people won't be. Um, he got heavily involved with the Broncos, stuff, and it didn't work out. In this situation, I think it's like, okay, let me try a different approach. That's kind of what I think. If for- I don't get out there and get too high or whatever, we may be able to keep it at a certain level, a price. And then at the end, we are the ones that can step in and get it done but i think one time you go out there and you you invest so much into it and it doesn't work that makes you hesitate the next time but i just think that being from the area having success in different places you know having that business business savvy mind it may be a good
0: thing well there's also this and i'm reading again from the philadelphia voice The process of the Broncos' sale has partially informed the approach to a potential bid or purchase of the commanders. The Walton family was largely uninvolved in the bidding process for the Broncos early, with one source telling Philly Voice that they only offered their bid after HBSE's meetings with the Broncos out in Denver. That's where Jeff Bezos comes in. One of the richest men in the world, Bezos is viewed in a similar light to the Waltons during the Broncos' bidding process the runaway favorite, to come away with the team if he and Daniel Snyder can sort through their personal hangups. That's certainly not a foregone conclusion. So they they went all in on Denver, did the tours, did the whole song and dance, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wal- Walmart came in and said, yo, we're buying them. And they're like, well, hell. Ain't now, much you can do about that. Now there's the threat of Bezos, who is his own Walmart fortune. So, I'm not, not going to go there and
1: invest so much into something where that could happen. Right. And
0: I would add this. This dude is from here. Yeah. This dude is childhood friends with Mark Ein. You don't think he's calling Mark and be like, hey, what's going on with the commanders? And, and what do you think Mark is telling him? It's a train wreck. Hmm. Like Denver, he probably, one, needed to learn, and two, Wanted to see what the process was like. How healthy is this organization? If I take over, what level of what level of involvement do I need to get this running? How yeah. I like to run my operations.
1: True. I think with he, Washington, he, 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 he probably he knows. he probably has a lot of information already. Like not only do you, him being from here, but there's a lot of his friends that know a lot of things, and he's he's roaming in a crew where he probably know more stuff than some of us know. In the media knows. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Brian, (laughs) hell yeah. Yeah. So I don't view, according to the Philadelphia Voice, less involvement from Harris at this stage of the process as a reason to rule them out. I view it as this guy just went through this with Denver and then got Elbowed out of the way at the last minute by mm-hmm. one of the wealthiest people on the planet, and the exact same scenario could unfold here. So he's not going to make the whole public spectacle about of it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I bet he already knows. What, like landfill. When's the last time you physically entered FedEx Field? Uh, I was Clinton Portis's first game. Okay, that's oh five. That's yeah. Okay. So you haven't been there in close to 20 years, 17 years, I think. Mm hmm. it
1: was like nine, no, 18? 15? 15?
0: 15. So Landini. How oh, are you now? 33. Oh, yeah. Okay. Damn, why are you so hesitant to say I how thought old? You were. A little older I am than 41. That. That's horrible. You're so old. What about B? He's 53. Yeah,
2: but he's an old guy.
0: Actually, 54, though. Damn, he called you an old guy. What about me? You're an embarrassingly old guy. Damn. To my point. <laughs> yeah, I did go to BCC. Let's go Barons. So, Landini, we believe you haven't been to FedEx Field since 2005. Would you need a tour of FedEx Field right now to understand how it's looking? How, what kind of uh, upgrades it might need? What kind of infrastructure you're inheriting? Uh, I'd be weird because I think the seats that we sat in are no longer there. They've had to pull them out? I think they pulled them out. <laughs> my point is, If you are an ownership group that has an NBA team, an NHL team, and a damn English Premier League team, you don't need to gather much information on the commanders.
1: You already know. Because when you were getting ready to purchase everything else and and, uh, do things, you already sent someone out to look at stadiums and tell you what's good, what's not. Right. Because, like think about it. When they were talking about selling stuff, I mean fixing things, weren't Jason and Dan them going around visiting other stadiums and really figuring out all the stuff what was going on in Dallas and, and what they use in Dallas and then also what people did they use and um when they were trying to come up with the uh the the examples of what they wanted to build, they went to the Remember the, ve- with the Vegas, and they did all kind of stuff too. That's something that you do when you're thinking about acquiring something. You don't have to wait to the end. You want to invest. You want to investigate now to know what you may have to come out of pocket
0: with. I'll add this about Harris. I I don't know, frankly, anything about the New Jersey Devils. I I does Martin Brodeur still play there? Scott Stevens. I I don't know that I can. Tell you much about the Devils. Currently in second place in the Metro. They are, the Caps, our Washington Capitals, have 54 points on the season. Devils have 61. Hmm. Playing well. Playing good hockey. They are the, they would be tied for third in the entire Eastern Conference. Damn, the Bruins have 72 points. They're rolling. Devils are playing well. I know that HPSC owns the the Devils. Mm-hmm. So then, hey, what about the Sixers? Sixers are in third place in the East, and I would say are a, a real title contender. Mm-hmm. If, the, if the Warriors get rolling, I don't know if anybody beats them, but Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Nets, I think all four of those teams could get through the Easter Conference. And, and yes, it sucked to be a Sixers fan for a while with the trust-the-process nonsense and then Ben Simmons and everything else. You know what? The process worked. That was his process. That was his process that they trusted.
1: It didn't work for the team that
0: that wanted it to work, though. Who? Ben Simmons? Simmons didn't. But the process of tearing them all the way down to rebuild. Because,
1: like, the whole thing about it, what you have to do sometimes, you move somewhere, you move into a house. Foundation is screwed up. You keep thinking you're going to just build on that screwed up foundation. But you keep noticing that you're finding cracks here, cracks there. You got to keep changing. Until you go change the foundation, nothing is going to work. And there are a lot of teams out there who keep thinking, oh, no, we're going to just rebuild. You can't rebuild when you don't already have something that good.
0: And, and I, and I want to add this. Whenever we talk kind of off air, who runs the NFL? What organizations are the most powerful? Dallas. Jerry is on England. one side, but the, the old school, Rudy's yeah. and Maris. Man,
1: yeah, Maris are too, but Bootskamp got some stuff up there now in New England.
0: Jimmy Haslam got into the NFL as a minority investor in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Then Jimmy Haslam's number came up. He got to buy the Browns. Do you know where David Tepper was a minority investor before he bought the Panthers? Landfill, you know, your hands up. Steelers. Landfill? That's yes, with the Steelers. Guess who owns a little piece of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Josh. Josh. Smart man.
1: A lot of times, bro, it's just, it's, it's not necessarily what you have is who you know. And they will tell you. You got to have enough. They tell you what you need to do. Yeah, you got to have enough. You
0: got to have enough, but, that, but it's, even it's also who you know. With the and, NFL, you can have you can have enough. And, and they still won't let you in. And who, who have you pissed off? Or who yeah. does not want to deal with you? Yeah. I mean. If you think about it on some level, this ownership change might be happening just because of who you pissed off. True. Yeah. Life's funny that way. Right. You got to be nice, folks. Do good, get good. Do dirt, get dirt. When we return, the one and only, truly, Jimmy Patsos will join the program. Talking whiz, talking college hoops, who knows what else? Bars in Baltimore, don't go anywhere. I've been talking for 30 seconds with my mic off. Um, I think we're trying to track down Mr. Jimmy Patzos. Producers are calling him. Hopefully that will work itself out here in a moment. Um, I just saw my man Pete Medhurst in the hallway. Meddy. Dude, nobody on the planet knows more college football than Medhurst. So he's wearing a, a I don't even know if it's Weber or Weber. I'm going to go with Weber for talking sake. A Weber State University hoodie. Do you know where Weber State University is? Because I did not. I asked him. Nope. I always think it's in Montana for some reason. It's in Utah. Okay. Um, so then he told me that the Maryland and I don't know if this is out, so let me be sure it's happening. I'm not trying to bust Medhurst if he's got a scoop here. Um I think
1: You thought about putting something out before oh man, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So this is this has been out. The Maryland offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, E-N-O-S, that's Enos, right? Is leaving the Terps to get the same job at Arkansas. Okay. SEC money right there, man.
1: SEC money, brother.
0: Um, here's the thing. You go down to the SEC, like Loxley's built something that is going to stay here, right? hmm I, I mean, is. Won two bowl games in a row. Like I, I think he's got that job for a while. You go down to Arkansas and you have one bad year, they're gonna fire you. Like it's, it's like you get paid a lot more, but I don't know that you have the same job longevity. security. But, but, yeah. but a
1: lot of these coaches, it's not necessarily just a longevity in one place. They want to go to a certain place. Like you have some level of success or do something anywhere. Or find out, like we talked about earlier, a relationship in the SEC. All of a sudden, one of your boys end up a head coach somewhere. You the coordinator,
0: right? That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe he has a a close relationship with whoever the coach is at Arkansas. Um, we'll see. I, I just I kind of hate to see it because that offense has been really good. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about. The NFL announced today their international games. Who Mm -hmm. is going overseas? And it's not a huge possibility, but there is a possibility that the commanders could be going.
1: Well, I mean, if if I uh, am planning on making making London like my home, I need to at least have some type
0: of showcase for (laughs) that. All right, here are the international games for the NFL this year. The Chiefs and the Patriots will host games in Germany. The Bills, Titans, and Jaguars will play in London. The Bills and Titans are playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the Jags are playing at Wembley. Played there before. Wembley? Hmm? Oh, with NFL Europe? I played there with the Redskins. A preseason game? Yeah. How San cool is Friday. that?
1: Cool. Just say Wembley Stadium was exactly like San Francisco Stadium is. You know what they always tell me if you have a little the rain? The old one
0: you're saying? Yeah, wet, wet, wet. So I, That one, a new one is like that, too. I covered a game at Wembley, and it was incredibly cool. Have I ever told you the story? Mm-hmm. So it was the Bengals-Redskins game six years ago. Remember it ended in a tie? Yeah, yeah. But, like, the security guards over there aren't, Football fans, right? They're security guards. They know soccer or whatever. And so there's no press box there. So the media, you just sit in the stands. Yeah. Which is an int- like not like a separated area. Like, you get a little desk, but in you're just... In that case, can you cheer? I don't know. I, I wasn't, <laughs> but I'm sure people were. Um, but, like, you know, our job for postgame, like, I have to get down to the field to my like television location, ASAP when the game ends. Yeah, Like to the point where I'm usually leaving, if it's a normal press box situation and the game's not in doubt, I usually leave around the two-minute warning to get downstairs. Um, That particular game, you'll recall, went to overtime. Mm -hmm. And you'll recall that Dustin Hopkins, with about four minutes left in overtime, had a chip shot field goal to win it. So I go down to the... Gate to the field. Tell the security guard, "Hey, game's over. I'm, you know, I got to get down there." And he's like, "No, there's four minutes left." And I was like, "No, sir, you don't understand. He's gonna make this field goal, and then the game's over." And at this point, this guy is quite frustrated with me, and he says, "No, there's four minutes left." And he's again just,
1: another damn American coming into my country telling me how to do stuff.
0: Correct. <laughs> um, and I'm like. I'm like, dude, I got to get down there. This is my job. And he's like, this is my job, and there's four minutes left. So he just, I can't point, remember that. he just points to some seats, and I sit in them. And sure enough, what does Hopkins do? He misses the GD kick, and the guy just looks at me as the Bengals offense runs back on the field and the game just keeps playing. And I was like, damn it. I This guy is wrong but is right now, and I look like such – a bleep hole. Thought you guys would enjoy that story. Yeah. Um, eventually, I got down on the field and everything was fine. Uh, after the game was over. After When they tied. <laughs> so, international games this year. Three in London. Two in Germany. They're not doing Mexico, I believe, because they're renovating. Where in Germany? I, I don't know. I, what do they call the Mexico Stadium? Azteca? Estadio Azteca. Estadio Azteca. They're renovating that joint. Um, I don't know in Germany. I want to say Frankfurt, but it could be Munich. Could uh, be both. Yeah, I think they're doing one in each. We're okay, Berlin. Berlin's So what did you do for NFL Europe? You went over there as like a Callum. tutor? Oh. I, was I thought Callum. you were helping players and coaches. And no,
1: stuff. no, no, no. I was I was going around just showing up on the Thursday or, or Friday and talk to the teams and do the thing on Saturday and fly to another country.
0: That sounds so dope.
1: Did not. I left Germany, went to Amsterdam, and flew right back. They told me I I left on Tuesday. They said you don't have to be there until Thursday, and I flew back to Germany because Amsterdam wasn't what I thought it was.
0: You liked Berlin. I love Berlin. (laughs) Berlin is your spot, boy. The off-air stories about Berlin are are way more fun than the on-air. So next year, the Commanders do not play the Bills. Next year, the Commanders play one team that is hosting an international game. That would be the New England Patriots, and they play them in New England. Mm. So it's entirely possible that that game would be in Germany. I mean, they got a one out of eight, one out of nine chance. I would love to be sent there, cover that game if it's there. Hell yes. Yeah. Maybe there'll be new owners that, can, that would want us to go. We can, do, we can do radio <laughs> from there. Yeah. Um. What do you think the chances are they would pick Pat's Commanders for the Germany game?
1: You have to ask Beasley that. I don't have those. I, I listen, man. It's seventeen games. My my name would be one out, of, uh, one out, of seventeen chance. <laughs> very very low. Well, no, it's one out of eight. One out because of eight because they got, yeah, is it eight or nine? I don't know how their home games fall. I,
0: yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. Um, so
1: one out of eight and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do it like that. I'd love it. Is there anybody out there that's anti the international games?
2: Uh, it's one out of nine. It looks like. Okay. I
1: I like them because the thing about it on a Sunday when I'm working. I wake up. I have to get dressed. I drive to the stadium. We're in a meeting. If a game is at 1, we don't see much of anything. But at least when they have these games over in Europe and all that, I get up and the game is on at 9 o'clock, yeah. 9.30, whatever it is, and we get to watch a game.
0: You know, sometimes, I mean, if you were here covering that, and that game's at 9, so you're probably getting to the office around 7 for pregame. Yeah. No, no, no. If the game's
1: at 9, we're there at,
0: The show is gonna start at eight, right? We're there at six thirty. Okay, but then the game ends twelve thirty. Yeah, so you're at work till one thirty. Right. You could play if, golf if, if the and game then starts, go watch the afternoon game. The game starts
1: games. at nine. It'll be over at twelve. They three hours or less, and then you're done at four. I mean at uh, one, whatever it is, one o'clock. But then I would have a chance to watch the other games. You know what I'm saying? One o'clock game now covering the team, you miss all the other games because you do your show, you watch the game, then you do another. So you miss part of the, the afternoon games too. And if I drive home, I damn near miss the whole game. Then I only get the night game. I'm saying. Yeah. Not a, not a morning joint. So if they played in the morning one time, they give me a chance to probably check out most of the game.
0: Speaking of morning joints, where'd Jeff go? So – I would love it. I think most fans would love it. I think I mean, it's way too early to talk schedule stuff, and Lord knows we're not going to do a mock schedule right now. Right think, now, we're not doing a mock schedule. Do you think the Commanders get more primetime games next year? Or do you think the lame duckness of it all? I think if they were to continue winning, probably so. But then again,
1: who would they play again? They got the AFC. South or something. AFC
0: like that? East, East. So Dolphins, Pats.
1: So I would think. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I like I, your I mean, noises. If we get if we get a lot of primetime games, game, it's going to be because of who we're playing. So listen, and you know if it's late. They can
0: always, yeah, the if we're not playing well, right,
1: they can flex you out of it.
0: So, the NFC East is six of the 17 games. Then you've got the Bears at FedEx Field. You've got the Bills at FedEx Field. You've got the Pats at FedEx Field. The Niners at FedEx Field. Okay, well, you said the Pats have
1: won our game. If the Pats playing us at FedEx Field. No,
0: it, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. They got the Bills and the Dolphins at FedEx. Okay. In addition to the Niners, Bears, Cardinals.
1: Okay.
0: On the road, two West Coast trips. Three. Hell. Seattle. Two trips to the Meadowlands. Terrific. They play the Jets. Eagles, obviously. Pats. And the Pats have a game in Munich. Or Frankfurt. I've never been to Frankfurt. I've been to Munich. I'd love to go to either. Dallas. Atlanta. Rams. Broncos. They got L. A. That's a lot of Denver travel. and Seattle. L. A. Denver and Seattle. And
1: if you throw in a, a wet, I mean a uh, London game
0: too. Germany. That's a lot of travel right Ooh. there. You know where you don't have to travel far to get to? Cloakroom been voted many times as the number one gentleman's club in the United States, and it just got better. How they got their own sports book? It's incredible. The first one in the country, gentlemen's club with its own sports book, and if you just want. The sportsbook atmosphere, get on the elevator, go to the fourth floor to the spot called Over Under. That's where I like to hang out. I'll be there this weekend watching Eagles and Giants Saturday night. They got a billion TVs, The one of the best bourbon selections I've ever seen. They got all sorts of drink specials, Bloody Marys, mimosas, great food, great wings, great burgers, great sliders. How good were those like empanada things? Did you try one of those? Those things were banging. You got to check it out, 4th and K Northwest. It is a very, very cool spot. State-of-the-art retractable roof and TVs with all the games. Check out cloakroomdc.com.
1: Giants know the Eagles, so there's a chance, you know, a divisional opponent can play you tighter. That could be one.
0: Um, B, I don't know if you heard this story. So we got my man the stallion here. Um, yeah, I think if the Jags pulled off, it would certainly be the biggest upset. I don't think they will. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good. Um, two stories I wanted Stallion to share with you, Brian. Only one of them I think you can share on the air. Um, Stallion, tell B-Mitch what you offered me this morning. Oh. <laughs> Actually, don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Stallion, landfill, Stallion came to over-under last weekend for the grand opening and had a good time. Fun I'll time. Have this about my guy, Ryan. He was well-dressed, well-behaved. And generally, in in a good addition to the party.
2: Thank you. And you know what? I actually, I had, I mean, first off, I'm actually kind of surprised that you guys didn't think I'm like that. Your boy goes out every week. I know how to dress when I go out. And JP, Mitch, I was looking pretty damn good. I don't remember seeing you. Nah, you saw
0: me. Stalin, just because you sure, go I don't out... remember seeing you. Stallion, just because you go you. out with your moron friends <laughs> to a basement bar in Fairfax does not mean that I thought you were going to be... <laughs> Adding to a cool party at a rooftop scene in in D.C.?
2: I think I was the snazziest one there. Well, that's I, my polo, my khakis, my Nike shoes, I was dressed down, you know what, whatever they call it. I was looking <laughs> like a 10. And you asked me, you're like, well, how do you think you were looking? I was like, I'm thinking I'm looking like a 10 right now.
0: I was dressed down, you know, whatever they call it. Okay, okay. okay. On you a know, scale of one to what? Sometimes. 100? One to 10. <laughs> Stallion, sometimes just take a compliment. I said you look pretty good, and you're like, yeah, you're damn right I did. I had khakis on. Well, like, just I mean, that's up. a
2: backhanded compliment. You're like, you actually look pretty good. Like, I was supposed to look crappy. You know Tell what they I- do?
0: All right. No. <laughs> so, Brian, you and I both indulged a little bit. Our our buddy Jason Perkins was was buying us shots of Pappy, drinks of Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. Pappy Van Winkle's a very high-end, high-end, yeah, yeah, about the highest-end bourbon you I can think get. I it ended up being two bottles. Okay. Yeah. So, we're all drinking Pappy. And Stallion tells me this story later, um, earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did your interaction with Jason go? So my interaction with Jason went great. He took me down to
2: the restaurant area. He was giving us a nice tour of the whole facility. It was great. Really cool restaurant. Really cool vibe. He brought us down to kind of like a little speakeasy bar, which is down in their basement. Mm -hmm. Very nice. A lot of very intelligent people there. It was not my space.
1: You're right. Go ahead. And so,
2: <laughs> and so what he did was he bought us all drinks again, and, and this time he handed me a glass of bourbon. I, I believe it's bourbon. And I, he just hands me it. My m- obvious instinct. That's,
0: now, he told you, hey, this is pretty high end, right? Not at this time.
2: My Immediately as he hands me it, I just down it. And it he, was strong. He just took it as strong. a shot. I just took so, it as so a as shot. So it's a
1: real man drink you couldn't handle it.
2: No, no, I downed it immediately. But it and was really he, strong. It was very strong. Okay, it's probably the strongest drink I've ever had—straight bourbon. And then he told—he was like, "Dude, that was—that was a four hundred dollar glass." <laughs> and so I didn't know that I was supposed to just not down it. I mean, all I'm used to is taking shots down in bourbon. You
0: treated—you treated a glass of. Pappy Van Winkle, the same way you would treat a shot of rail tequila. What's your bar in Fairfax? Fats? Fat Tuesdays. Fat Tuesdays. You you handled a glass of Pappy Van Winkle the same way you would handle a shot of tequila at Fat Tuesdays. Yep. And so what I did, I, I just <laughs> yep. I didn't know. Like I you know, I was thinking maybe like
2: he'd be like, hey, somebody hand, you, somebody hand you
1: somebody hand you a bourbon glass.
2: Yep. Not
1: a
0: shot glass. W- without Not
1: any it. ice in it. Yeah. That's no neat. Ice.
0: It's neat. It was you don't, neat. You don't down that. Hold on. Do you think like it's neat? Like, oh, that's cool, or do you know no, no. That that's how the drink? is That's what is they served? call it. Neat. Well,
2: I mean, uh, okay. Also, what does a
0: neat drink mean to you?
2: A neat drink. I don't know. A nice drink. That's no, ice. <laughs> no ice. No <laughs> ice.
0: Just just the bourbon. Neat and means that is no not
2: ice. that is a sipping ice.
1: That's a sipping thing.
2: Well, I, I didn't know. I just see glass. I see alcohol. I see an alcohol percentage, but, 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 and I down it. Do, that, you, it's that do they ever give
1: you a glass like that to shoot anything? No. Okay. But then again, <laughs> so, you're
2: you're, a t- you're talking to a guy who takes shots at a Red Solo cups.
1: But but everybody takes shots out of Red Solo that Cups. That, if that's all they have.
2: But at that point, you ask a question. So what is this? I don't know. That's what you ask. Well, I, I what is it then? If you guys know all about it, because all, all I saw was liquor in a glass and your boy down the gullet.
0: Down the gullet with Pappy Van Winkle. So good it, stuff, if man. If I may, make but, uh, did you get a second one? Did not, uh-huh. <laughs> not offer the second one. <laughs> I had about
1: four of them, and I didn't down any of them. I sipped them.
2: Well, I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> not everyone can hang with me when drinking alcohol. Bruh, please. I, I got a lot of practice.
0: So I, I have a theory here. Um, <laughs> He's a damn well. You <laughs> treat the $400 glass of some of the finest bourbon in the world yep. the same you would dollar tequila night at Fat Tuesdays. Probably. Yep. I disrespected it. Do you wonder if somewhere along the line, this is analogous of your life, of your dating life, dating life? I mean, uh, you could draw some connections. Maybe, maybe when you when there's something really nice and worthwhile, take your time or you just keep taking two dollar shots and 60 year old <laughs> chicks, whatever you're into.
2: I, mean, I will say the four hundred dollar glass of bourbon was awesome. It gave me, like, a spot. Like, it, it was just, it made me warm. It, it made me fuzzy. <laughs> like, it was just a good. Wait, wait. It was neat. It, it made, was a neat drink. It made you, warm, it it made you warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was nice. It was a cold day. Hey, JP,
1: make sure when he gets another one, we're not around him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a good drink. I appreciate Jason.
0: Is that? That's drink? Jason, yeah. Unfortunately, don't remember his name after that. What does Lindsey John want to talk about? And. Why isn't he in school? I have no idea. I, I don't think I I Answer and there. see if it's relevant to <laughs> right. this. Because if it is, we'll connect these two fools. But John was not there and is not, not allowed to be there. <laughs> <had> to be. <laughs> I'm not even sure Stallion's allowed to be there, but John's definitely not allowed <laughs> to be there. I'm 23. Stallion, right, do me a favor. Enough. Look at the look to your left and tell me what you see. Nothing. <laughs> is there a chair? There's a chair. Is anybody in it?
2: Nope. <laughs> uh, Lindsey John is calling for Bleep You Thursday. I don't have any update on why he isn't in school, though. <laughs> All
0: right. Listen, <laughs> Bleep we need to you know Thursday. why the hell he's not in school. Stallion, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, guys. Bleep You Thursday coming up next. It's our time. We come together as a city, as a group, for fellowship. We tell the world who and what we're mad at. Also, I need to let everybody know about the proposition I have made for. The CBSO to join Ryan the Stallions podcast because that'll be wild. Phone lines are open 800 636 1067. 800 636 1067. It's time for Bleep You Thursday.